Amen. Genesis chapter number 5 and verse number 18. And uh, thankful for the touch of the Holy Ghost we feel here, the spirit of fellowship. Amen. The people of God. Amen. Genesis chapter 5 and 18. If you haven't said amen. 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 And Jared lived 162 years, and he begat Enoch. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. That's a lot of years. And all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. That's our first introduction to the man named Enoch. In verse 21, we find out more about Enoch, uh, though it is a very short excerpt of scripture. Uh, Here we go. And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. Methuselah is the one that lived the longest in scripture. How many remembers how many years he lived? 969 years old. He's the oldest person in scripture. There's a little bit of Bible trivia. Uh, That man came from the loins of Enoch. But if you pay attention to the order of the verses, you find that uh, Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and then he begat Methuselah. So at 65 years old, he had a son. And then the Bible says in verse 22, and almost seems to imply that after he had the son, the Bible says that Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. This was following the birth of his son Methuselah. He had a walk with God. It wasn't a short walk with God either. It was a walk with God for 300 years. And he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And verse 24 wraps up the subject, the the character in this excerpt. It says, And Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. And you could keep reading scriptures and it just goes on like nothing ever happened. And there's not another reference for for a long time about that man Enoch. Uh, And I want to just talk for a few moments tonight about a man, a man named Enoch. Amen. Let's set our Bibles down. Let's ask the Lord to talk to us tonight. Amen. And to open our hearts to receive his word. God, we thank you tonight for the word of the Lord. Lord, that is unchanging. It is unadulterated, God. God, we thank you for the word of God that is a constant uh, in our lives, God. It is a a foundation that we have. It is a, a rock, God. It is something that we can rely upon. We We ask you tonight to speak to us tonight, Lord. Speak to us, God. Give us a revelation, God. Give us understanding, God. I pray that beyond the head knowledge tonight, that you would light a fire in our souls and inspire us, God. And help us to reach for more in you, God. And let us be able to extract things from this scripture about this man named Enoch. 
and be able to apply it to our lives. And we will not fail to give you glory and honor for all that you'll do in this place tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. May be seated. Enoch was one of only two men in the Bible of whom it is said that he walked with God. That is not a phrase of scripture that the Bible uses uh, frivolously or carelessly or just anybody has a walk with God. But he's one of only two men in the entire Bible that the Bible references he walked with God in verse 24. He is the only one except the Lord Jesus of whom it is written, he pleased God. He pleased God. This is a man that the Bible uses words that doesn't use it on other people in scripture uh, with without very little exception. But Enoch was a man that walked with God. And therefore, is it any wonder that the Bible says also he pleased God? He was pleasing before the Lord. We'll find that in another passage of scripture as we move through uh, this message tonight. But uh, when you have a walk with the Lord and a relationship with God, God is pleased with the individual that walks with him. To have a walk with God implies continuous action. I can't stand here and have a walk with God. I've got to be walking with the Lord. I've got to keep walking with God. I've got to keep moving where he goes. And I've got to have that relationship with God. Where do you want to go next? And it's an ongoing thing. It's not a a Sunday morning act. It's not a, a Wednesday night action. But it is a constant walking with God. If we call you on Monday afternoon or or Tuesday evening or different times during the weekend, you honestly say, I've been walking with God since Sunday morning. I've been walking with God. I haven't stopped walking with Him. Amen. It wasn't a reference point just that happened in the past. It's not just in my history, but it's in my present and it will be in my future. I will keep walking with God. The Lord, and as long as I keep moving forward and I keep walking with Him, Amen. It may be a run for some people, but other people it's going to be just a walk, a slow, steady walk with the Lord, Amen. You can see elders that even come to the house of God, and they're not necessarily running the aisles or or dancing uh, because their bodies are not allowing them to do that, but they're walking. With the Lord, they haven't stopped. They've keep, they've kept on, Amen. Talking with Him and walking with Him and having a relationship with Him because to have the relationship, it must be an ongoing action. Right. It must go and be an ongoing action. The first thing that is implied in Enoch's walk with God is a subject of reconciliation. A pertinent question is asked in the book of Amos, chapter three and verse three. It says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? Amos 3 and 3. How can two walk together except they be agreed? And it lets us know tonight that Enoch, that walk that he had with God, that that continuous action with 
the Lord. He was walking with the Lord. And he could not have kept on that continuous action of walking with the Lord unless he determined in his mind and in his heart, I'm just going to agree with whatever God tells me to do. There's going to be a uh, there's going to be an attitude in my life where I say, God, whatever you say to do, whatever you tell me, God, I'm going to agree with the word of God for my life. And here tonight, and even on Sunday morning, the word of God goes forth, amen, from the pulpit to the pew. And if you're going to walk with God, if you're going to please God, you've got to just come into agreement with the word of God. You've got to come into alignment with the word of God. It's not a verbal agreement. It is a living agreement where my life agrees with him. And I will it please him before him. How can two walk together except they be agreed? Thus, two walking together supposes agreement. It supposes sympathy. It supposes harmony in that particular walk with the Lord. And when we say of any man that he walks with God, it implies that he has been reconciled back to God. In other words, it was not God that conformed to Enoch, but it was Enoch that conformed to God. Therefore, Enoch was reconciled back to God. It wasn't God that was reconciled to him. Amen. But the Bible says that God is reconciling the world unto himself. He's not reconciled himself to the world. But he's saying, you've got to be the one to change your ways. To allow my word to work in your life. And you've got to be the one to allow me to pull you back to where I am. And where I want you to go. God did not conform to Enoch. But Enoch was the one that conformed to his God. Enoch was the one that said, God, I want to walk with you. And I'm going to get up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every day of this week. I'm going to get up and I'm going to get ready. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to talk with God. I'm going to communicate with Him. I'm going to fellowship with Him. And if you speak anything to my life that's out of alignment, that you don't like God, I will change my ways. Because I want to be in perfect harmony with you. Because if I'm not in harmony with you, I'm going to have a hard time walking with the Lord. It's hard to get along with somebody that you're, to walk with somebody that you can't get along with. It's hard to, to walk down the road together, to get in the car and drive down the road together. If you have animosity and you don't agree and, and there's underlying things. But if that's going to be a peaceful, uh, productive journey, you've got to make up in your mind, we're going to be in agreement. We're going to be in harmony. Yeah. My life is going to be pleasing before him. We're going to come into agreement. And it's not him that compromises for me. It's me that makes the change that I might live pleasing to the Lord. A walk with God then supposes the judicial putting away of sin and the impartation of the divine nature to the one who's walking with God. Amen. I'll say that again tonight. To walk with the Lord, it must be, amen, you judiciously putting away sin in your life. 
saying, I refuse to live for self. I'm going to get rid of the cigarettes. I'm going to get rid of the alcohol. I'm going to get rid of my illicit relationship. I'm going to get rid of the things that are not pleasing before the Lord. And I'm going to say, God, whatever you want me to do, I want to come into agreement with your word. And it's not doesn't just stop there. It's not stopping at just the putting away of sin. But it is allowing the impartation of his divine nature into your life. And that is what happens when you and I get to an altar. Or have a place in our homes of prayer. And we reach out to the God of heaven. And we say, God, help me today. God, impart your divine nature into my life. Fill me with your spirit that I might be able to live pleasing before you. Hallelujah. Someone say praise the Lord. Lord. Hallelujah. Someone say I agree with the word tonight. God, I thank you today. A walk with God then supposes the judicial putting away of sin and the impartation of the divine nature of the one who's walking with God. And to walk with God also implies a moral fitness. God does not walk out of the way of holiness. Amen. God says, worship me in the beauty of holiness. Amen. God requires us, amen, to be holy. God requires His people to live in such a way that is pleasing to Him. Pleasing before Him. Before God would walk through Israel's camp Everything which defiled them had to be put away. God had a uh, Enoch had a walk with God, and therefore Enoch had, re- had expelled some things from his life so that he could continue to walk with God. He could be in perfect harmony with God. And when God says, "I want to have a relationship with you." Uh, with you, with you. Uh, but but there's some things in your life you've got to just get rid of because if we're going to get in the car together, if we're going to uh, if we're going to ride this the river together, you've got to change your ways because my spirit and my nature doesn't agree with your lifestyle. You've got to change your ways. First John chapter one and verse number six says if we. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. A lot of people will say, well, I have a walk with the Lord, but they're living in darkness. I love him. I just don't serve him. The Bible's Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And we say, well, they, they love the Lord. No, they don't love the Lord. If they're not living for God. If if you have a love for a person. You will express that love. It will be uh, lived out in your life. If we say we have fellowship with him. And walk in darkness. We lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light. As he is in the light. Here we have Enoch walking with God. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ. His son cleanseth us from all sin. If we're going to walk with him, if we're going to attain that relationship with God that he wants for us and no doubt we want with him, there's going to be some things that God says, I want to walk with you, but you've got to stop doing some things in your life. A lot of times the Lord will speak to us through 
uh, there's different ways he'll speak to us. He'll speak to us, to us through the preaching of the word of God. He'll speak to us, amen, the, the word behind the pulpit. The anointed man of God will deliver something. And, 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 and we have an obedient, receptive spirit. We'll say, God, I receive that. Other times God will speak to us through his word and there will be blatant things that come uh, out of the, the pages of this, this book and it will contradict your life and it is uh, required of you, amen, to, uh, it is upon you, amen, to, uh, to align your life and, and your lifestyle to this word and God speaks to you through the word. But the other area that God will speak to you is through your conscience. There may not be a preacher around. Uh, he may not have covered the topic that you're dealing with. You may not have read the scripture yet. But your conscience begins to speak to you and says this is something that's got to go. If you're going to keep living for God. If you're yes. going to walk with God. Amen. And it would, be a, it would be wise for us. Amen. To not silence the voice of our conscience. To not silence the voice of the word of God. To not silence the voice of the preacher in our lives. But to allow God to continue to speak to us. There had to be a many times in Enoch's walk with God where God would speak to him and say, Enoch, you know, we've been walking this road for many years now. How many years, Enoch? Oh, I don't know, God. It's been about 200 years. Well, maybe we'll do another 100. Okay, God. But you know, Enoch, the way that you, you, you did this, you responded to this situation. You know, Enoch, the, I saw the way that your, your, your eyes lingered a little bit longer on this uh, particular thing. Uh, the, the attitude you have, you got to change that, Enoch. We've been walking with each other for 200 years. If we're going to keep walking for another 100, Enoch, that's got to change. Or I can't be here anymore walking with you. There's things that God will uh, speak to you about. And God will say, you know what, that area in your life, I want to keep moving in your life. I want, to, I want my glory to come down into your living room when you're praying with your family at home. But you know that television, I can't, I can't show up in that place. You know, you got the, the, the wine bottles and you got the alcohol in the fridge. And I, I want to visit you in your home, but the, these things are just hindering me. And, 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 I, and I, want to, I want to visit you in your living room and, and speak to you and, and fellowship with you. But you keep buying these magazines that are not pleasing before me. And in that relationship that Enoch had with God, if he was going to be a mature Christian, he had to realize there may have been things that God didn't speak to me about when I first started living for him. But now that I'm further along the path, God is trying to perfect me. Yes. God's trying to work on me yes. and smooth out the rough edges. God's trying to uh, put his spirit upon me. And, and God wants to keep moving me forward. And, and for those 300 years, Enoch had not reached perfection. But as long as he kept walking with God, God was working on him. And God was perfecting him. And he was becoming more like God. Until eventually, as the Bible would say in verse number 26, that God would say, you know what? Why don't you just come on up here and I'll just take you home to heaven with me. To walk with God. Amen. There must be areas in our life where we address 
the contradictions of our life to the Word of God. I want us to turn our Bibles and slow it down just for a, a moment here. I want you to turn with me to the book of Exodus, chapter number 33. Here we find another example in Exodus chapter 33 of the Lord saying, I want to walk with you. But before I can get down there and walk with you, there's something I want you to do. And the Lord said unto Moses, depart and go up hence thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt unto the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed will I give it. Amen. God is given a promise here. Verse 2. And I will send an angel before thee. God's begin to tell him of all the things that he wants to do. And he's going to do. And I will send an angel before thee. And I will drive out the Canaanite. The Amorite. These are all the enemies of the people of God. And the Hittite. And the Perizzite. And the Hivite. And the Jebusite. And he says unto a land that's flowing with milk and honey. For I will not go up in the midst of thee. God saying, I want to do some things for you as a people. I want to visit with you. I want to, I want to defeat your enemies once and for all. I, I want to pour out blessings upon your life. But he says, I'm not, I refuse to go up in the middle of this people. I refuse to go up in the middle of this people. For thou art a stiff-necked people. Thou art a stubborn people. Lest I consume thee in the way. Because if God begins to show up in your life. Amen. And you're not ready for it. It will be destructive to your life. Because the judgment of God could, could fall in your life. And verse number 4 says. And when the people heard these evil tidings. They mourned. They cried. And no man did put on him his ornaments or in the modern day language his jewelry for the Lord had said unto Moses say unto the children of Israel ye are a stiff necked people I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment and consume thee therefore now put off thy ornaments from thee that I may know what to do unto thee and the Bible says in verse number 6, And the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by the Mount Horeb. Amen. God began to speak to the people of God in the book of Exodus. They had left the place, the city of Egypt. Uh, and God, they had brought things with them from the world that they were a part of before. And now God is saying, I want to take this up a notch in my walk with you. Enoch, we've been walking together for 200 years. I haven't dealt with you about this before. But Enoch, I, I, the next 100 years is going to require a little bit higher consecration. A little bit stronger of a covenant relationship. It's time that I come into your midst and there be nothing that hinder me. There be nothing that bring out the judgment of God upon me. So Moses, tell the people to get rid of the jewelry. Tell the people, Moses, if I'm going to show up and I'm going to defeat the enemy for them and I'm going to do things for them, they've got to take off the jewelry. They've got to take off the earrings. They've got to take off the necklace. They've got to take off the rings. They've got to take off the jewelry because I want to move in the midst of my people. And God reveals to Moses, amen, that it is imperative that the people of God remove the outward ornaments and begin to work 
the inward adorning of the heart, the inward ornament of a meek and a beautiful and a quiet spirit because God was wanting to take his people further. God wants to move greater in your life today than he has the last 60 days, the last 120 days, the last five years. God will reveal to his people things progressively on the walk with God. God, I've been walking with you. You didn't tell me about that before. God says, my, my, my truth, the revelation I give you, the understanding, it's progressive. And God says to the saint of God that's been here 30, 40 years, servant of the Most High God, I want you to start praying two hours a day. Say, well, God, uh, I've been praying for an hour a day. I know. But I, I, I want to I walk with you a little bit closer. I want to teach you some things. I need more time with you. And I'm not saying everybody here today falls under the two hours a day. I'm just, I'm just expressing to you that in your walk with God, there will be things that God says to you. You say, well, God, you didn't tell me when I first started. I know. I was working on some things. And now I brought you along this path, Enoch. And there's still a little bit more I want to do in your life. Right. I'm, I'm preaching tonight about a man named Enoch that walked with God for 300 years. 300 years walked with God. Every day walked with God. He was pleasing before the Lord. He was in agreement with God. God spoke to him and he changed ways and and God began to move in his life. To walk with God implies a surrendered will. God does not force his company upon anybody. God does not force his way upon you. God's not that kind of a God. It is in Psalms 40 and verse number 8. It says, I delight to do thy will, O God. Yea, thy law is written in my heart. If then we would walk with the Lord, there must be a willingness and a readiness on our part. You've got to be the one to say, yeah, I know you're right, preacher. I know you're right, pastor. i got to go a little bit further. Because... It's not, it's not a drudgery. It's not this weight upon me that I have to do this. But if our approach to the things of God, our attitude and our mindset to the things of God is God, I delight to do your will. Yes. I want to do your will, God. It, it's, it's, the, it's, the highlight, it's, the, it's the greatest aspiration of my life. It's not to be president or CEO. Uh, it's not to be a millionaire. It's not to be all these things. But the highest aspiration of my life, I want to do your will, God. Amen. I want to please you. I want what you have for me, God. I realized that maybe Enoch would begin to tell somebody tonight, I realized on this walk with God for 200 years, amen, that this is still the best thing. This has made life so enriching for me and for my family. And there's, there's things that God's doing in my life because of my walk with God and, and my surrendering of my, uh, and the surrendering of my will to him. 
Enoch did not take a turn or two with God and leave his company. But the Bible says he walked with God for hundreds of years. A walk of 300 years. Not a run. Not a one-hit wonder. Not a leap. Not a spurt. But a steady walk. And I have made up in my mind a long time ago. And that as I'm living for the Lord, I'm just going to keep on walking with God. I already know in my mind that not everybody that starts the race finishes. But I have just purpose. I'm going to finish the race. I'm going to walk with God until that last day that I breathe this breath of life. And what would be the result of his walk with God? Would not the first consequence of such a walk be a growth in grace? Walking implies progress and in that forward direction. Enoch's life must have been progressive as God began to work, continue to work with him. And at the close of 300 years of communion and fellowship with God, Enoch could not be more morally and spiritually where he was uh, Enoch could not be uh, spiritually and morally where he was at the beginning. He would have a deeper abhorrence of sin and a humbler estimate of himself. Amen. Keep in mind that Enoch walked with God in a day in which the world around him was vile and was sinful, was wretched. Amen. People did not think and they did not consider the things of God, much less think it was worth their time to talk with God. And yet here Enoch is day after day walking with God. I'm going to tell you, Enoch was alone oftentimes in his consecration before the Lord. Enoch walked with God alone. And you and I have got to be able to walk with God alone sometimes. You've got to be able to get alone with God. You've got to be able to get into God's presence and say, God, it's just me and you. It's just D and you, Lord. It's just Brother Nathan and you, Lord. It's just me and you, God. My mama's not here. My sister's not here. My brother's not here. Just me and you, God. I'm talking with you. And you're talking to me. And I'm making changes and I'm making adjustments in my life. And you're helping me to be the man and the woman that you want me to be. Another further consequence of Enoch's walk with God was his witness for God. And here we find in the book of Jude, verse 14 and 15, amen, a reference to the witness of Enoch. Uh, we begin to search the scriptures and we begin to find other uh, scriptures that Paint a more holistic picture and give us more context and color to the situation and to what Enoch was like. But in Jude uh, 14 and 15, it says that Enoch also, the seventh from, a from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Amen. Enoch was a preacher of righteousness because God would speak to him in his time of prayer and that, that Holy Ghost, that Spirit of God that was that was working in Enoch's personal prayer life began to come 
express itself in the world and others begin to uh, begin to be the recipients of that word that Enoch receives in his time of prayer. In other words, God will use the man or the woman that commits themselves to walking with God. Amen. Somebody that has a relationship with God, you're going to see it in their communications. You're going to see it in their walk. You're going to see it in their lives, in their lifestyle, in how they live their life. There's going to be the outward manifestation of what God has done on the inside. And Enoch preached. He prophesied. He was a witness. The culmination, I'm coming to a close, and the culmination of Enoch's walk with God. It is not said that Enoch walked with God before his son was born. If you read carefully the scriptures in the book of Genesis that we read a moment ago, it is said that he begat Methuselah. Genesis chapter 5 and verse is around 20, 21 or something. It says, And Enoch lived sixty and five years and begat Methuselah. And then, in verse 22, it says, And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years. His life of this little one, God's gift, may have been the means of leading him into this close fellowship with God. We'll never know for sure, but it would, it would stand, to, to, to re, stand to reason, and you, would, you could see it from Scripture, that something happened when he had a child. He began to think about his God. He began to think about his God. And this ought to be the case for all of us that are parents tonight. The responsibilities of parenthood should cast us more and more upon God. Not less and less upon God. A a child coming into the, the world from our loins uh, should not be the reason that we stop living for God. But it should be something that causes us to say, you know what? I've got to live for God even more because of this one. And maybe that was Enoch's conclusion that he came to after he, at 65 years of age, began, uh, he bore a son, Methuselah, and he began to think, this child is going to enter into a world that I see all around us, wicked and evil and vile and corrupt. I've got to make a way for him to know his God. I've got to pave the way for him to know his God. The name of this son Methuselah strongly implies that Enoch had received a revelation from God because the name Enoch the name Methuselah signifies when he is dead it shall be sent talking about the deluge or the flood that was to come. In all probability, then, a divine revelation is memorialized in the name Methuselah. It was as though God had said to Enoch, Enoch, do you see that baby? Enoch, do you see your son? Enoch, I want you to look at your child again. This world will last as long as he lives. 
and no longer. As long as Methuselah's alive, this world will continue to exist as it is. But once he's gone, uh, once he's gone, Enoch, I'm going to change some things. There's going to be some things that begin to happen in this world. And God spoke to him. God spoke to Enoch. And God began to prompt the heart of Enoch to realize, amen, that this is not going to last forever. I'm not going to live forever. There's going to come a day, amen, when I've got to meet my maker. There's going to come a day, amen, when, when things are going to change, amen, and my son's going to be gone, amen, and the world's going to come to an end as we know it. And I've got to make sure, I've got to make sure, amen, that I pray for him. That I pray for myself. That I pray for my family. That I pray for the world. Amen. I've got to make sure that I do everything in my power to keep this son alive. I've got to do everything in my power to keep Methuselah living as long as possible. Because when he dies, when Methuselah dies, the world is coming to an end. And the flood is coming. Amen. Enoch maybe didn't know about a flood. Amen. All he had was a word from God. You don't have to have everything figured out. But God will speak to you. God will give you revelation. God will help you. And you've got to grab a hold of that. God, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to live in such a way that's pleasing before you. My kids are going to watch me. And they're going to say, my daddy's a man of God. He's not just a preacher in the pulpit; but he's a Christian at home. My daddy is a praying man. My mama is a praying mama. My sister, amen, whatever your family structure is like tonight, amen. My, my grandpa, uh, he, he's a praying man. My granddaughter, I can always look at her and see her praying and talking with God. I'm so thankful, baby, that you got it for yourself. And it's you and God now. And even though mommy and daddy and grandma and grandpa is not there to encourage you, I'm thankful, baby, that you got it for yourself. And you know how to pray on your own. Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. And I believe that there can be a people in a Monday Life Center that have a walk with God. Amen. That live pleasing before the Lord. I believe that God can raise up people in this place. Amen. That will begin to speak and prophesy and preach and be a witness because you allow God to work in your life. God is working on me. God is working on me tonight. As we stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5. Says by faith. By faith. Enoch was translated. That he should not see death. And was not found. Because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony. Here we go, that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Therefore, Enoch had some faith. He believed that God was able to do what he said he would do. Enoch lived in faith. Because without that faith... It would have been impossible for him to please his God. We've got to live with faith. God, I believe your word. 
I don't see the answer yet, God. I don't see the miracle yet. I don't see the sign, the wonder yet, God. All I see is the, the cloud the size of a man's hand. But I believe, God, that you're able to do it. And so I live my life in faith, believing, and trusting you. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Say diligently with me tonight. Diligently, this is referring to Enoch and his diligent walk with God. It was day after day. It was week in and week out, month in and month out, year after year, decade after decade, century after century. Walking with God diligently. 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 If we fast forward the clock, some 10 years out from here in the month of February 2020 there will be some that are not here tonight some will have passed on some will have moved on some will have fallen away some will have st- stuck it out live for God without faith it's impossible to please him he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. Enoch had to know, if I will seek him diligently, there's a reward that's got my name on it. If I'll seek him diligently, if I'll pursue him with all of my heart, when it's not fashionable to go to church, when my friends have stopped going to church, when, when nobody else is doing it, the years have passed me by, and now I'm on year 200, and here I am still praying and talking to God, and, and everybody else has gone on doing different things, and, and I'm just working on my relationship with God. Amen. But knowing in his heart of heart that he was a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. One commentator said that God translated him. This is an old Latin word or an irregular verb. And it simply means they carried over or they carried across. God carried him across. Amen. That, that, that river of death. Amen. That place of death that every one of us is going to meet. Amen. That dying day. God carried him over. God translated him. God transferred him. He did not have to die like you and I are going to die. But God transferred him. God translated him. God picked him up. And God carried him over and put him on that other shore. On that, in that celestial city. Amen. And walking along here in time and uh, communing with God by faith. In an instant he was talking to God. In another world, the time you spend giving to God, and I realize we're a little bit after 9 o'clock tonight, but the time you spend in His presence, He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Amen. One of these days, one of these days, I'm going to walk through pearly gates. One of these days I'm going to arrive in that new Jerusalem that the Bible talks about. One of these days I'm going to walk through the pearly gates and I'm going to see him off in the distance. 
and I'm going to begin to cry and I'm going to begin to uh, tremble a little bit as I, as I know that my day is coming I'm approaching his presence one of these days I'm going to look him in the eye and I want him to say that he knows me I don't want him to say that he doesn't know me depart from me I want to have the relationship with God and when I make it to heaven that ultimate reward. I want to look in his face. I want to look in his face. And I want to see his eyes. I want to hear his voice. Well done, Nathaniel. You ran well. We got a relationship, Nathaniel. You, you've, you've toiled, you've worked hard. You've been faithful. You've kept your eyes on me. You've aligned your life to my word. Nathaniel, I want you to come into this beautiful, beautiful place. The streets are gold. Are you sure if I walk on the streets? Yes, it's okay. I paved it just for you. Look at that sea, that crystal clear sea, God. It's perfect. It's glass. It's it's beautiful. Yes, I did all that for you. And then all that praying, all that communion, all that fellowship, and read your Bible and go to church. And I want you to know I am a rewarder of them that diligently seek me. I want to reward my people. I want to pour blessings upon them. I want to bestow goodness upon them tonight. Come on, as we close this service tonight, would you lift up your hands? Amen. Would you throw both hands in the air as high as you can tonight? Would you lift up your voice? Would you close your eyes? Amen. Would you allow God to show you, amen, a reward? Amen. That's worth working for. A reward that's worth toiling for. Hallelujah. Maybe it's a loved one you'll see on the other side. Maybe it's a loved one that you prayed for and you missed and you wept for and you get to heaven and you say, Grandpa, Mama, I'm so thankful I made it to heaven. Daddy, I'm so thankful I made it to heaven to see your face. Oh, God, I thank you that you're a rewarder of them that diligently seek me, that diligently seek you, Lord. God, I want what you got for me. Is there anybody here tonight, maybe that wants to step out from where you are? And get down to an old-fashioned apostolic altar and just begin to talk with him. Come on, just begin to talk with him. Oh, how beautiful the day will be when he begins to say your name. When he begins to call you by name. Come on, is there anybody here that says, I, I want to hear him say my name? I want to hear him say, Nathan, Ha, Amen. I love you, Sean. I want to reward you for walking faithful. My son, Noah, 
far from the distance. See your loved one. See your daddy, your mama that's gone on to be with the Lord. See your great grandma. See your uncle, your auntie. And maybe it's a sibling. Maybe it's a child. You're going to look up and say, oh. Oh, I made it. I've been walking with God diligently. I was diligent. I was diligent. I was diligent. and see a man named Enoch. Amen, a man named Enoch. And then begin to talk with Enoch. Amen, Enoch, what was it like for those 300 years? Amen, as you raised Methuselah. Amen, you're going to keep walking a little bit further when you get to heaven and see Father Abraham, the father of the faithful. Abraham, what was it like when you left her the Chaldeans to walk with Abraham. What did the voice of God sound like, Abraham? Abraham will turn around and tell you. Why don't you just walk over there a little bit more? Just follow that golden street, that street laid with gold. Right over there is your master. Right over there is the man named Jesus, the King of glory, who died for you. And I want to tell you, when you walk to where he is and you hear his voice, it will be worth it all tonight. Hallelujah. His voice ought to sound familiar to you. His voice ought to sound familiar to the man and to the woman, to the young boy, to the young girl that walks with him. When I pick up the phone and my mom answers, I don't have to hear her name. I recognize her voice. When I get to talking to him, I'm going to say, I recognize that voice. Oh, let us fall in love with you all over again. Come on, God's speaking to some people here tonight. Come on, God's drawing you tonight. He's wooing you tonight. God is speaking to somebody here tonight. God, I pray, Lord, for a walk with God like he has never had before, God. Let him pursue the things of God. Let him hunger. Let him thirst after righteousness, God. God, give him an undying, unquenchable thirst for you, Lord. God, would you speak to him? God wants to walk with you, Brother Nathan. He wants to talk with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. Oh, 